Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Emily Callahan. She's the Chief Marketing and Experience Officer for ALSAC. It's the fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. On the show today, we talk a little bit about St. Jude and what they're up to, her background and how she ended up there as their uh, CMO or Chief Marketing Experience Officer. We also talk about purpose. What does it mean? How does it work with the companies and the partners that they have? And St. Jude is going to space. With SpaceX and Inspiration4 mission, they are out of this world. That and much, much more, all with Emily Callahan. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so honored to get to be here and chat with you. I've loved your prior conversation, so it's an honor to get to, to be in one. I'm looking forward to this too. I did hear something that you are very passionate about your morning routine. What's your morning routine? I think I'm embarrassing myself. Well, um, I'm pretty basic. It starts with, uh, before I even open my eyes, uh, gratitude for the day ahead. And after the year we've had, right, I think that's even more important just to be thankful for another day. And then I, after some meditation and prayer time, I read the news of the day because that's part of my job. My team prepares um, 
a report to tell everybody kind of the top headlines, but I, I feel like that's helped me be successful in my job to scour news around the globe, know what's going on. And then I am up and at them. I help get my kiddos who are 11 and 8 ready for school. And then I try as best I can every day to work out a little movement, which is just as good probably for my physical health as my mental health. So that's my routine, which is sort of a shorthand way of saying I try to control the the morning I have because the truth is, is pretty much nothing after that is in my control. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's funny. That's that's good. I like it. And you got a little bit of everything packed in there. I don't, that's a lot. Like my morning routine is pretty boring compared to yours. <laughs> no, but I did tell somebody there's a sense of accomplishment. There are some days I come in the office and think, whew, okay, good. I've already done, I've, I've done enough. I've done more than I would maybe normally do in a day. So there's a bit of a sense of a, like, okay, if you can accomplish that, you can go accomplish anything that's thrown your way. What was your path to becoming the chief marketing experience officer at ILSAC, which is, if I get this right, the fundraising and awareness organization for the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. That's right. Yep. We are actually the world's largest healthcare charity. And I can certainly tell you, I, I never expected to be in this seat and it's been the job of a lifetime. So I have always, since I was a little kid, been drawn to, to storytelling. I'm deeply empathetic. We can talk about that and the way my parents would make fun of me for this. So um, I feel like I've landed in the perfect set of this, but I am um, I have two degrees in journalism, and my first job was actually at Edelman, the world's largest PR firm. I started working with them when I was a junior in college. I had an extraordinary experience. It really shaped a lot of how I live my life today, which we can chat about later today, but really got to understand PR, storytelling, and the power of communications on a global scale. It's a global organization. But you know, I, I, would, I will say I had, maybe we'll call it a quarter-life crisis, not a midlife crisis <laughs> when I was there, and, and had a bit of an epiphany that led me into nonprofit marketing, which I really knew nothing about. I remember a woman that I worked with at Edelman had lost her husband, sadly, to brain cancer. And uh, she came to me one day and said, hey, there's something deeper inside you. I think you ought to consider nonprofit. And I'm so glad she did because in transparency, I didn't know anything about it. I thought people, you know, sat around on cardboard boxes and fought for resources. I mean, I'm really trying to be vulnerable. Yeah, I worked at this like big global company. And so I got to go interview for... Um, actually a demotion and a pay cut of the PR manager at the time, the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation. And I remember going home and telling my my husband, and knock on wood, we're still married, that I was going to quit my job, take a pay cut, and go work at a nonprofit. And he was like, okay, oh, let's see. And um, it was a game changer. I mean, I just felt it was when I walked into door, I realized it was there was not a facet of marketing they didn't touch. It was the same of all the big companies, but with purpose. And so six years later, I went from that PR manager to being the SVP of all of marketing, but also running their affiliate network, their their chapters, if you will, worldwide, and was was there and uh, just had my daughter. I remember vividly where exactly where I was when I got the call to come work for this guy named Rick Shadiak at ALSAC, the Fundraising Awareness Organization, which I had never heard of, of St. Jude. I mean, I knew of St. Jude. And I just think it's such destiny that I was brought here to take a brand from from great to iconic. And in our early days of research, it found there were a lot of people like me knew of St. Jude, but at the time to know it was to love it. So it's been an incredible, literally 10-year journey. I celebrated 10 years this past fall to be a part of this mission that's all about finding cures and saving children around the world and helping the brand become iconic so that families anywhere around the world, when they hear those devastating words, 
your child has cancer would know this place would exist. So that's that's me. That's how I got here. And I kind of pinch myself that um, I get to do this job. Tell listeners, I mean, I feel like at least in the U.S., you, you and this may be true around the world too, but you'd have to be kind of living under a rock not to have heard the St. Jude's name. But tell us a little bit more about St. Jude Children's Hospital. I would love to. It is one of the greatest, I think, stories ever told and just um, the power of one person to have a dream and a vision and then to go get millions to come alongside into a movement. So first, I think you have to start with ALSAC, which you know most people don't know about ALSAC. And I'll, I'll be transparent. It's American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities. And it was actually founded five years before St. Jude by the same founder, Danny Thomas. Danny was an incredible humanitarian, a really famous entertainer, most known for his show, you know, Make Room for Daddy. But Danny was of Lebanese descent, and um, he had this unbelievable life experience. He was a struggling entertainer, broke, quite frankly, and his wife had just given birth to uh, the now very famous and wonderful Marlo Thomas. Danny was too broke to pay his wife's hospital bill. So he went into a church and prayed to St. Jude Thaddeus, there goes the name, the patron saint of hopeless causes, and uh, said, you know, help me find my way in life and I'll build you a shrine. And I think so many of us can relate to that moment of desperation and praying or pleading or, you know, wishing to the universe that the circumstance would change. So the story goes, he threw his last seven bucks in the offering plate, and which was a crazy move, right? Think about how foolish for a broke guy. But very next day, gets a job as a singing toothbrush on the radio, making more money than he ever made, right? Because And took it as a sign. Because what, really what he was saying when he said, help me find my way in life was, should I pursue my passion of being an entertainer? Should I get a real job? So he goes on to this great fame and fortune, becomes this unbelievable entertainer and producer and never forgot this promise and wanted to do something to give back in the world. And one of the things I love about Danny Thomas was that he only had a 10th grade education, but he was a total visionary and he knew what he didn't know. So he went to a spiritual mentor, a guy by the name of Cardinal Stritch, who'd been stationed in Memphis, Tennessee, talked to other leaders and did really what at the time was laughable. They decided that they were going to build a hospital for catastrophically ill kids because at that time cancer was a death sentence. They were gonna put it in the segregated South, sadly in Memphis, Tennessee, and from day one, they were going to make sure it focused on research and set up this promise that no family would ever receive a bill, not for treatment or travel or housing or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. So he just didn't have the money to do it. So that's, that's why ALSEC was born five years prior to be the sole fundraising and awareness organization to build and sustain St. Jude. And, and we actually just announced a, a very mega, big, bold, new strategic plan, an $11.5 billion investment we plan to make over the next six years, and over 87% of the funds to do that plan and to make St. Jude operate and grow will have to be raised by ALSAC through the support of the general public. So it's an unbelievable story of one man's dream. And then now millions and millions, we've about 11 million active donors from all over the world who give to make this happen. And that once death sentence, and surely we have lots of work to do around the globe. We can talk about that. But that death sentence is now, at least in the United States, something that many kids can survive and are going to thrive. And now we've, we're trying to do that on a global scale in partnership with the World Health Organization to turn that around, particularly in low and middle income countries. So it's an unbelievable story of vision and purpose and humanity and the power of many coming together to help the least of these. I didn't know the background, the backstory um, and the founder and, and the, the story of of him and and uh, that's amazing. 
Yeah, I love the immigrant story, the purpose story, and uh, how we can all kind of relate to uh, what do I do with my life and how do I make a difference. I'll tell you this little side note. My favorite thing about Danny is he's actually um, he's buried here on the St. Jude campus. And for all these unbelievable accolades that he had in his life, he wanted one word on his final resting place, and that was founder. I mean, you talked about this a little bit ago as you're trying to make your transition from PR and communications into the nonprofit world. What does nonprofit marketing really look like? I'm glad you're asking because it's I, I'm sort of on this one woman quest. Well, I shouldn't say one woman. We believe this here too to help more people know more about nonprofit marketing because I still think there's a lot of maybe bad assumptions like I had before I started it yeah. a, a couple decades ago. So. I mean, for me, nonprofit marketing is marketing. It just has got purpose at the core of it. And for me, it's it's fundamental in changing the world because nonprofits are extraordinarily powerful. You think about all the good that nonprofits do in the world. And in order to do that good, saving children's lives, helping animals, changing the environment, social justice, why wouldn't you apply the same disciplines of marketing with, quite frankly, higher stakes, right? I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many times that I used to be in a business meeting and people joke about this now, right? People would be in a meeting and they'd say, after arguing or stressing over a strategy or a certain ad, well, it's not like we're curing cancer here, which is exactly what, <laughs> what we're what doing. What you're doing. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. So we've got to be excellent, uh, really excellent at marketing because the stakes are higher. We just, we do it with a little less budget, but I would say our content is unsurpassed, right? I mean, you couldn't make up these stories of devastation turned into resilience and hope. So it's all the same capacities. We we built an iconic brand here. We invest in performance marketing. I mean, the entire of ALSAC, really fundraising awareness is nothing but marketing. So there's not a facet of marketing we don't touch. And unlike other companies who have maybe a really niche target audience, we target people as young as preschool and those that are at the end of life. So it's a, a really audience centric journey and it's just an extremely rewarding career. And then I get to work with the best marketers out there at for-profit companies because we've got so many major, ma you know, amazing corporate partners. As you talk about it, I mean, it does melt away all the misconceptions, I guess, that people have had about nonprofit world is that they have to be resource starved and like, less than, if you will. I don't know why that exists, but as you talk about it, it's it's probably greater than because you can help to uh, solve cancer. <laughs> or yeah, cancer. you know, exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, let's be honest, right? You're not going to make the same living that you do working in a nonprofit as you do a for-profit. And certainly I never, I understand people's financial obligations and earning potential, but they are fantastic careers. And I think particularly after this last year, you're seeing more and more people move into it because they're starving for purpose in their work. And so, you know, they'll trade off a little bit of pay. Although I will tell you, I mean, I, I, I think we do a great job and have, in our case, extraordinary benefits on top of purpose. And then just these unbelievably cool experiences, the stuff we get to do in our job. I mean, from some of the world's most amazing celebrities to you know, children that are phenomenal and teach us to now space. I mean, I, I'm just marveling sometimes at the work that we we get to do here. And I, the other misnomer I think is people think, oh, I'll, I'll I'll make my money and then I'll retire and work a nonprofit. It'll be easier. I work ten times harder in nonprofit than I ever did in the for profit space. There's a lot of different ways to fill your cup, right? It doesn't always have to be money. That actually brings me to this notion of purpose. I mean, the marketing community is all buzz about the idea of purpose. Like as somebody that is sitting, trying to support such a 
fantastic organization trying to achieve really noble goals. Like, how do you think about what, what does that term mean to you about purpose? I'm so thrilled the world is having a purpose conversation. It's something I've taught and advocated to corporate partners for a long time, or really just all for profit about the power of it. So for me, the simplest phrase I can say is purpose is power. Purpose is a higher emotional connection. And right, if you think about marketing, that's what we're trying to make. I love it when people argue, no, I'm rational. I make decisions based on data. No, every human being makes an emotional decision first and then justifies it with a rational backup. So purpose is power because it's connecting to something bigger inside of us. It's an emotional response. And in my opinion, purpose is a business driver. We have tons of data that proves it drives the three R's. It's recruitment. It's recruit, whether that's customers, partners, employees, it's retention. And you can see all the stats now, right, of next generation people who are demanding their and using their buying power to support things with a greater purpose. And it's revenue. It's proven to drive sales and revenue and results. Um, and then there's just a collective power to do it, that the doing doing good while doing well, you know, this idea of our dollars at work. The connections you made, I like your three R's, recruitment, retention, and revenue. I think a lot of times companies today go to the purpose flag, so to speak. I'll use that as a, as a placeholder. And I think they forget a lot of times that you can start internally in motivating your internal employee base and they go straight to like, what cause are we going to work with? Or, you know, how are we going to make a comment in the ongoing news cycle that's today versus going a little deeper? I think you're so wise. I mean, (laughs) right. If you, if the fundamental premise and, and principles of marketing, right, are always to start internally. If you want to build a brand, start from the inside out. So why would purpose and cause be any different? And in this world that we live in today, right, people are eviscerating for when it's inauthentic, when you don't have permission to be in the space. But yeah, I think I can give you a quick case study. I mean, it is such a powerful difference maker. I got to work with a pretty major automotive brand several years ago who was trying to sell cars to millennials. And so they called us up and said, hey, we want to we want to feature Danny Thomas. And I will admit, I scratched my head and I was like, you want to use Danny Thomas to sell cars? Millennials, they don't, they don't, many of them, you know, sadly don't know who Danny Thomas is, but they said, yeah, but millennials are motivated by this power of one, this change maker, this difference maker. And so we said, okay, great. And, and worked with them and set up a financial model. So they did a whole commercial around this idea of Danny Thomas and sort of a purpose driven. And it was during the normal season of the yell and sell 0% down car commercials. And it was fascinating in the results. It was the most powerful brand spot they had created. They put a significant ad buy behind it nationally. It drove their brand trust and reputation through the roof and record December sales, not one year, three years in a row. And they could see the drop off as soon as they took the commercial off the air. And then just internally what it did to change the mind of marketing, but they were they were tapping into something more powerful that consumers wanted. So think about just that back to the three R's, right, of how they were able to recruit new customers, you know, retain, get employees excited about a different path. And then three years of record sales. I mean, you can't argue with that. No, that speaks volumes. That's an amazing example. Talking about incredible partnerships. I mean, like you've touched on this or seeded the idea of all these great partnerships with celebrities and companies. And you're in the space business now. Like, <laughs> how did that come about? I mean, it, tell me about the inspiration for mission and like, how did you how did you go from this planet to maybe other planets in the future? 
you sound as like shocked as I was when this came up. So, so for everybody listening, just to orient you, so St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is joining up with the world's first all civilian mission to space. In case you haven't heard this news, it's such an extraordinary opportunity to send a humanitarian message to the world while highlighting our life-saving work. Thanks to this remarkable man named Jared Isaacman. Just this, he's got such a, a credible Danny Thomas-like story of like world changer. So I remember my our chief digital and innovation officer, this incredible colleague of mine named Melanie Hannett, calls me up and she says, you're not going to believe this. I got a call from many of the marketing world know him, a guy named Ross Martin. Ross is the CEO. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An agency called Known, but Ross has long time been the chair of our Digital and Innovation Advisory Council. We have some of the biggest brands out there who advise us on strategy and the digital innovation space, which is why my job's so cool. So, so Ross calls and says, you can't tell anybody this, but there's this guy named Jared Isaacman. He's an entrepreneur and a fighter jet pilot and, and an adventurer, and he's bought uh, this SpaceX mission. There's four seats on it, and they want to give at least one seat to St. Jude and make him benefit. And and this was right at the holiday season last year. Oh, and by the way, we're going to need to announce this in February. <laughs> <laughs> so we were we were like, I, and I remember calling my boss and talking through this. And so sure enough, you know, after one conversation of our CEO, Rick, talking to Jared, it was like, wow, what an amazing gift. And Jared has this beautiful way of of saying, hey, if we can... If we could take space and innovation and science and technology and do all this stuff and go to other planets, we surely can solve problems here on planet Earth and make world better for future generations and children. And so we launched the campaign. We picked the first crew member for that. I got to actually be a part of that. Um, there's a, a St. Jude survivor and now a physician assistant at St. Jude, the incredible Haley Arsenault who is now going to be, she was the first crew member announced as part of the, the Hope Seat. So I think she just embodies all that's possible in our world today. And now they've picked through a sweepstakes and a contest to other crew members, and we're going to, they're going to go to space this fall. And uh, while you, while you may not be on the rocket, everybody has a chance to, to get involved and fundraise and be a part of it with the still. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's coming up still, but it's been an unbelievable campaign. One of the coolest things I've ever gotten to work on. It kind of takes your breath away just to hear you talk about it because there's so many firsts in there. Like you've got a St. Jude survivor, you've got a staff member, so to speak, uh, the first 
mission, you know, uh, civilian mission, and then Jared, who I need to spend a little bit more time looking at, looking at his background as well. But um, he sounds like an amazing person. He'd be a fun guest. Yeah, he's sounds a like fun it. guest. Oh my gosh, he's one of those guys that, you know, he. You think I have a morning routine that wears you out? <laughs> That guy will hop on a jet, fly to a city, and get off the plane and run a half marathon just for a workout. He's uh, <laughs> wow. um, But it felt like that, right? I mean, we were like about 50 business days from the day we heard about it to launching a nationwide sweepstakes with a Super Bowl commercial. It was actually the first Super Bowl commercial we ever got to be a part of in our history. And a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> I will totally admit I sat at home with my family watching it and cried tears when it ran. It was just such a surreal moment. That's amazing. This is just one partnership. I mean, like you guys have, I think I think you mentioned a number of like 500 celebrities that you've worked with over the years. Obviously, the the, the mission and the purpose plays a big role, but like, how do you work with all of these people? I, I mean, they just, it seems like they just come out of the woodworks. That's a great question. I mean, first, I think this. When you talk about, Danny Thomas had this phrase, right? He said, no child should die in the dawn of life. And to me, that is such a fundamental human truth. What he was really saying is all kids should have a chance to grow up. And so I think that fundamental human truth, right, resonates with us no matter who you are, right? From from those in our world that are the most generous, which are the least of these, often people with the very little to give, give the most total and, and total transparency. And then you have these incredible people with powerful voices, celebrities, entertainers, musicians, athletes, big corporate partners like Domino's and Chili's and Home Goods and Best Buy, because they all can be united in the same idea and principle. It, and it also helps, right, that we were founded by an entertainer. So we have a, a long history. But the cool thing is, is these are not, we don't pay celebrities for this. These are people, right, who in many cases before the pandemic, right, came here, met with our patients, fell in love with the mission, and then just said, hey, sign me up. How can I help? How can I use my networks? How can I be part of something for good? And I I can't tell you how many of them have come here, changed the I think about Chadwick Boseman's visit here. It was such a powerful, powerful day to watch these kids who are sick light up. I mean, the Black Panther came to see them. And we had no idea at the time that he was battling what he was battling. Now it makes sense by how deeply moved he was. And I think probably drew great inspiration and courage from the kids here in that unique setting. So I think that's it. It's the connection around this fundamental human truth and then the power to do something. And then there's collective power, right? Like to be part of something that other celebrities or other corporate partners are involved in is is meaningful. My favorite story comes from Russell Wiener, who was the CMO at Domino's and is just such a gifted marketer. He's been an invaluable mentor and coach to me over the years. And now the president and CEO of Domino's, I asked him one time, I was like, Russell, why? Like, why are you so involved? He gives so much of his time. He serves on a board for us. And he said, hey, look, I've had a phenomenal career as a marketer. I hope he doesn't mind me busting him with this story, but he sold it himself. But he said, you know, I sold cigarettes with Philip Morris. I sold soda with pizza. And now I'm, I mean, I soda with uh, Pepsi and now pizza. So he was like basically working with St. Jude's like my ticket into heaven. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> He's just the best. But he, you know, gives up his time and energy and has really helped us think about complex marketing problems. So and then, you know, they're a great example. They use us for innovation and we've been able to raise millions of dollars together, so much so that Domino's just stepped up and pledged another 
hundred million to build our new housing facility here. So families all over the world can come here and have a home away from home. Great partners. I think those, yeah, incredible. I think those three R's help, right? It's mutual value for one another. They get the halo of being associated with the brand. We can do good together. It's a win, win, win for their customers, for their culture, for our culture, and obviously for the money we can raise to, to find those cures and save children. Well, you've talked about a little bit throughout, like people coming to you for innovation and ideas. What what can corporate CMOs learn from cause marketers in your mind? I don't mean to repeat, but I do think, and because there's a movement for this today, right? You, when you think about 83% of millennials say it's important for the companies they buy from to align with their beliefs and values. And 90% of Gen Z believes companies have to act to help social and environmental issues. I mean, I could go on and on with stats. So I go back to understand that purpose is power. It's not a nice to do anymore. It's a it's a have to do. And again, we've talked about those those three R's. So I think that's a big part of it. And then you've got to do it with authenticity and it's got to be year round. I mean, to your point, you see these brands who are, and I think they're well-intentioned, right? Trying to show up and take a take a position or say something to, you know, help support these causes that are happening, particularly in the realm of social justice or others. And and when it's not authentic, when it's not all the time, you know, they're struggling a bit with that. And the other is, you know, hang in, find that right cause and purpose, align it to your values, and then bring it through your entire business, inside and out. And those are those kind of powerful partnerships that really benefit from those three R's, but more importantly, have an impact on the world. You know, a lot of marketers are listening to this program. So uh, what about them? What if I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, I really would just love to make a career move and go find the right cause or the right organization or nonprofit to help and plant my flag, whatever, whatever that means to them, full-time, part-time, board, et cetera. What advice would you give them? <laughs> Jump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many people, and, and I get it, it's hard, right? That's why when I share my story, I often talk about taking a pay cut only to be able to grow my career and make a, you know, what I believe is a comfortable living. But I'll tell you, there's no replacement for two things. There's no replacement for putting your head on your pillow at night and knowing that the work you do matters. You just didn't, you know, drive a bottom line or make someone richer. It, it matters. And I'll tell you, Alan, the other thing is it's changed my family. It's my children um, are growing up knowing the power of purpose and the phrase to whom much is given, much is expected. So so I, I'm making a bigger pitch for something bigger and broader. Too many people hesitate or they wait or they say when I'm retired or, you know, we only get we only get one turn around the sun. So if there's a passion for it. And then the other I tell people is some some people can't, right? Or it's not the right role and not the right culture. So the other is be a difference maker where you are. I mean, We'd fall apart, right, if all my CMO friends left their corporate jobs and weren't doing purpose with us. And so I think those are some of the most powerful to me, too, where they're having to balance earnings and bottom lines. This is why I always go back to those three R's and doing good in the work and the role that they're in. I mean, yeah, we have a, a decades-long relationship with Target or, or Domino's or others, but those had to start somewhere. And those usually started with a great marketer inside who said, hey, what about? Hey, what if we? And then built with support from all the ranks, all the way up to the CEO and turned in these powerful partnerships. So I'd highly encourage people to work at it if you can. If not, consider how you can volunteer and give of your time and talent and treasure and, and give that marketing advice as a board member or an advisory member. And then how do you also do good in the space you're in and sync up with these you know, nonprofit partnerships that can raise money and, and make a lot of difference? 
you truly are a storyteller. I mean, as soon as like you've got so many great nuggets and I, I, my, I've gotten chills on my arms like twice or th- maybe three times now <laughs> through this conversation, hearing the purpose and, and the stories behind it and, um, and what it can do for you as an individual. So thank you for sharing. Oh my gosh, my honor. It changed my life to, to be into this space. We always like to get to know the person behind the microphone even more than we do through the conversation talking about the business and the organizations that they support. And my favorite question to ask is, has there been an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? So many. (laughs) That was a lovely way of telling me, you're a good storyteller, which is I give long answers. Let me think of a short. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I, certainly I was shaped, I'll say this, and then I'll transition this over because it means something world today. I, I feel like I was shaped very much by where I'm from and what my parents did. So my father was a funeral home director when I was a little kid, and my mom was an ER nurse, And right, which makes me sound like Wednesday Adams. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a, around healthcare and, and was taught from a really young age that the, the two most important times you can be there for someone in their life is when they're coming into the world and when they're going out. And that I think has prepared me with a lot of life losses and things. I lost my brother a few years ago. Just, just I am surrounded certainly by loss. I mean, if I never went to another child's funeral again in my life, I'd probably be okay. Except those are what fuel me today, right? I mean, if you if you were able to see my office above my chair are pictures of patients on the wall, some that are still with us and flourishing and remind me of possibilities and others who I get up to work hard for every day because I want their legacies to continue on. I don't want them to have died in vain. So that I'm very much shaped by that, the the power of the time we get here, the difference we can make on the world and then how we leave our legacies. So um, that's uh, what shaped my the way I live my life, which is by my funeral principle. If you were starting this journey all over again, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, and I would love her. No, um, (laughs) you know, I think the biggest, I I alluded to this, that I had an amazing career working at Edelman, met some great people. I'm still friends with them. It was, it was life-changing and shaping, but I remember working there and my husband, we were pretty young married and um, calling me and saying, Hey, I can't stand I don't know what I said, but I, I remember he said, I can't stand talking to you during the day. I don't like who you've become. I'm quite certain I had some ugly words to say to him, but it was a, it was an epiphany to look around and realize I was motivated by the wrong things. I was working my face off, but I was driven by being a certain level, a, a vice president by a certain age and money and all these other things. And so that's when I really developed this funeral principle, the idea that when I die, and there doesn't have to be a lot of people there, but those at my funeral will say, she loved God. She was a great partner and wife, a great mother, a great friend. She made a difference in the world and she had fun while doing it. And so I share that vulnerably, not to say that you shouldn't have goals or be ambitious. I just wish my younger self would have known earlier to define success on my terms, to be focused on being a good human first. It's a lot of how I teach my kids today. And ironically, you know, that was about the same time I quit my job, go to nonprofit, take that pay cut, and then found the ride of a lifetime and have just been able to soar and have these unbelievable opportunities, including being the youngest ever CMO. So ironically, that that VP title I was chasing, I was actually the CMO at that same age. Um, so I wish I could tell my younger self to to orient with some perspective first and know that the rest will fall in line. It's a really hard, strange pivot to go to this silly question that I'm going to ask you next, but uh, we'll just do it. We'll just pull the Band-Aid off. Has there been an impactful purchase of $100 or less in the last year? <laughs> okay, this is a, a nerdy one, but 
I live my life on Zooms all day, every day, which is something totally, we're all going to be damaged by the fact we've been staring at our own faces, you know, 12 hours a day. So, and I love to express myself with fashion and shoes. Well, no one sees your shoes on um, a Zoom call. So I've taken to collecting glasses. I have an unbelievable inventory of really funky glasses um, that I wear all the time that have been a lot of fun and allowed me to still have a little bit of fashion flair in a world where people only see you from like the waist up. That and I, my morning routine, I'm a big uh, devotee to the beach body programs, little workout programs. And so it, uh, it switches it up. So I've just started a new dance one and I'm glad I work out in my basement alone where no one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> so for this morning, I learned I have no Latinx rhythm, none whatsoever, but I got my sweat on and there you go. So glasses and, and workout programs. That, that that's a bad transition from a funeral principle where I'm supposed to be talking about higher meaning. <laughs> no, it's, it's perfectly fine. And it's, it's fun too. I mean, uh, and no one's going to know you're a bad dancer. I mean, you can be Fred Astaire in your basement, you know, like, Oh, my husband would tell you. My children, my 11-year-old daughter is happy to tell you that I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> but she's got that TikTok, you know, life down pat. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly. I have a 13-year-old. I know what you're talking about. Then you know exactly. Yep. Well, um, two more questions for you. More on the marketing front. I'm just curious if as you, you know, look around, you, you work with a lot of different folks. So this might be an unfair question, but curious if there's brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think others should take notice of. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like asking you to pick your favorite child. I know, I know. I mean, right, I, I should, I, sh I can definitely reiterate some of those amazing ones that we work with, right? I, I just, I love Domino's. I was laughing this week that they even brought back the the Noid, right? Um, they're they're so on it and, and next-gen fun marketing. I, I love, um, so we've got a ton of best-in-class corporate brands. I love what Target's doing. I was in there actually last night and uh, I love the inclusive marketing. There's so many of our patient families have talked about this too, right? To feature a Down syndrome child and the joy and excitement of seeing themselves as a hero and marketing walking to the target aisles. I love. I also love sort of movement-based stuff, right? So the social justice causes I think are extraordinary in the way that's changed entire conversations, forcing families to talk about stuff they've never talked about. And then I love a lot of the the movement-based ones too. I mean, for all the ups and downs, it's pretty fascinating to see the Peloton community and what it's meant or this beach body explosion, this idea of being a part of something bigger and people's need to connect when we can't physically connect like we used to. Those are all, I've learned a lot from all of those and applying the work that we do. Last question for you. What do you feel like is either the largest opportunity or the biggest threat that marketers are facing today? I'm going to make this personal and, and I'm keenly aware. I just was, in fact, I sent to my, my CEO yesterday, probably to my own detriment, that CMOs are moving around like ever, never before. We're the shortest tenure in the C-suite. So I'm like a, I don't know, I'm, I'm an elder and being in my job for 10 years. But I think the biggest threat is failure to disrupt yourself or your company in order to seize new opportunities. I am devastated by how many companies were just not ready for the pandemic and couldn't figure out how to change through it. And the I think really devastating for me is the number of nonprofits that are no longer with us. It was a it was a catastrophic event for our industry, and which means the world's going to suffer. So on that, and I think in order to do that, you got to be really vulnerable. So the other big uh, watch out I would say is you cannot be afraid to listen listen to consumers, listen to research, and learn from it, no matter how ugly and painful it is to hear it. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me, 
with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to marketing today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.